What's the biggest taxpayer ripoff in 2005? Uh, tell you what, I'll, I'll put something in your back door as far as the biggest taxpayer ripoff. And a lot of people, a lot of your listeners may or may not know uh, about it. Welcome to You Are the Guest, a weekly show where you can be the guest and tell people what you and your friends and neighbors think about news events and issues of the day. It's part talk show, part opinion poll, part reality show, and a whole lot of fun. And it's completely dependent upon your participation as a guest. To be considered as a guest for a future show, check out the website at www.youaretheguest.com for details. Now here is your program host, Bill Grady. Greetings from the great city of Fort Dodge, Iowa, and welcome to show 25 of You Are the Guest, the show where we talk to everyday people just like you and me about their lives and about the issues of the day. Our guest today is a returning guest from show number four. It's the king from Memphis, the king of blogs. Fern Beachy, welcome once again to You Are the Guest. It's good to be back again. Uh, I was thinking that, yeah, it was show number four that we did, so... It's been a good time, and I'm glad to be back. For our new listeners, especially our new listeners on Coolcast Radio, could you tell a little bit about yourself and also about your blog? A uh, little bit about myself. I'm living in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, me and my wife, I've been here since 2001, and I've uh, had uh, a career in journalism, radio and TV, spent 17 years and ra- yeah, mainly radio as a news director, and and retired sort of. Uh, I guess uh, you can say that in in 2001 because I was uh, diagnosed with MS in '98, and it got to where I couldn't work anymore. But I still have that, I guess, journalism itch in me, and I like to write, so I do a blog. And I write on that every day, and I guess that is sort of my journalism outlet. If I can't be involved in it 24-7 like I was before, the blog and a website sort of helps me do that. So that's what I do now. Well, Vern, I love Vern Beachy Raves. I love the blog. I check it out every day, and I want all of our listeners to check that out as well because you do a great common sense approach with the blog and that's why i brought you back here for our year-end wrap-up show because i really trust your views and also i i want to hear what you have to say about these categories so very good well i appreciate the compliment on the blog and it's a lot of fun to do i don't uh you know of course uh, the people on the web don't make a lot of money if any but it's just fun to do and that's why i do it Are you ready for the 2005 in review list? I am ready. Okay, here we go. Here's the first category. What's the biggest story of the year? Uh, Put Katrina at the top of the list. Everything else falls below. And that's just, uh, to me, that was common sense. And today, the Associated Press came out with uh, their list of the top ten stories and Uh, No surprise to me, but Hurricane Katrina was at the top of the list, too, number one. What's the worst news headline you've seen all year? The the one at the top of my list is from ABC News. Now, 
Now, it could be a fairly decent headline, but a stupid story, and I put these at the top of the list, too. ABC News, what does Bush's iPod reveal about him? Because who cares? I didn't care. And they're trying to make something out of nothing, and that was, I just thought that was stupid. It was stupid to do the story, and it was not a ridiculous headline as far as bad grammatically or a bad way to word it. It was just a stupid story, I thought. What's the biggest taxpayer ripoff in 2005? Uh, tell you what, I'll, I'll put something in your back door as far as the biggest taxpayer ripoff. And a lot of people, a lot of your listeners may or may not know uh, about it, but I think it's the Iowa rainforest. Tell me about the Iowa rainforest, because that is so laughable. Oh, it is. It is incredible. They have uh, a plan. It was initially going to be in Coralville, as you know, but the city leaders in Coralville said, well, maybe not, because of all the negative stuff with it. But they were, they wanted... Iowa wants to spend $150, $180 million to put a rainforest in Iowa, in the middle of a cornfield, basically, and in Coralville near Iowa City. And, and Iowa Senator Charles Grassley, which surprises me, said uh, he was going to push for $50 million of the federal money to help with this because they think it's going to be a big tourist attraction and and a learning event and they talk about uh, uh, a similar project or a similar uh, rainforest idea in England but you know I I don't see anything as far as bringing tourists if, if I'm sitting in California and and pondering a vacation I said okay let's go to Iowa and see the rainforest you know I I wouldn't want to do that, but they want to spend millions of taxpayer dollars on this. And the reason Coralville pulled out is because the local support just wasn't there. They had to have matching grants and matching money, and people just weren't coming forward to do that. So it may be uh, uh, in Des Moines if it's built at all. I doubt if it'll be built, but... um, Certainly, on the national scale, uh, people point to the Iowa rainforest as a big, huge pork barrel project, and one reason why spending should be reined in uh, on the national level, just because of that. What's the biggest consumer ripoff? High gas prices. I, that that's it. It's the it's the gas prices. I mean, there is no reason that it should have went up like it did. Here in Memphis, for example, the highest gas price I had seen was 349 And that was incredible, I thought. And uh, you, you hear talk of bad weather on the radio or on the TV. Sure enough, gas prices go up a dime or something. But... With the uh, onset of good weather, they don't go down with the same same uh, vigor as what they went up. And 
they're still high. They're still higher than uh, they should be, I think, because of how much gas is costing or the oil is costing per barrel. But uh, they're they're coming down. Of course, they're coming down a little bit, and we don't see 349. It's just breaking above 2 right now in Memphis. But we have record oil profits. Yes, we do. But there's, uh, you know, they, of course, uh, the oil company exec said, well, that's not really true because it costs so much to operate in this industry. Well, that was, yeah, that was eyewash on the national level, and that was just garbage, I thought. When the oil companies start filing for bankruptcy, that's when gas prices are too low. Even just restructuring their debt. Okay, then we can. I can sympathize with them, but no. Until then, you know, I'm still paying above $2 a gallon for gas. And I remember when, you know, gas was, uh, gas wars and stuff like that. You see 88 cents or anything under a buck. But those days are gone, I guess. What's the biggest who cares news story that we were made to suffer through? Tom Cruise jumping on the couch during the Oprah show. I mean, that's a real big who cares. That's a slow news day at that point. Oh, man. Yeah, but it went on for weeks. That was the problem. It was a slow news day uh, item that went on for weeks, and I don't know why everybody was, why I say everybody, why reporters were up in arms about that. That just, to me, was uh, a no-story story. Tell me your best and worst TV news reporter for 2005. Oh, you know, I've got a uh, worst TV news reporter, and the best, I would say, um, as far as national, would be Shepard Smith on Fox. I think he is the best as far as uh, conversational. His his ideas are common sense, and he asks questions that I think the viewer would be asking if he or she were in the position that Shep was. Or he, he says something like, yeah, but you know, this is not going to play with the people out there because they know this or they think this he just adds some common sense and regular joe six-pack stuff to the news so i think he he is the best out there um people would say anderson cooper is the hot one now well i don't think so i think shepherd smith is a lot more down to earth and approachable than uh than what cooper is but uh, the worst tv news reporter Four oh five, and he got out of it early. Would be Dan rather, and that's uh, I, I guess self-explanatory. But it carries over from two thousand four and uh, Memo Gate, who's what they call Memo Gate, the President Bush's National Guard memos, and and that was a debacle. And CBS is still trying to recover from that, and. I'm surprised, though, that he wasn't forced to step down in 2004. But I think the reason he wasn't is because he's got 20, what, 24 years in 
uh, journalism on, on TV and everybody pointed to his Vietnam uh, coverage and the stories, all of the stories that he did, but, you know, the adage, what have you done for me lately, really played uh, in in that story. That's I'm surprised that he that he waited until, what, March 9th, I think, to get out, you know, at 24 and a half years. But he would be the worst one. How about the best and the worst TV news show for 2005? Uh, you know, I've got uh, the worst TV in the same way I've got the worst. Um, and I would put the worst as CBS Evening News just because of Dan Rather. Now, I don't know if you wanted uh, uh, the news uh, segments or like 2020, some, some other programs like that. But uh, I think... The worst one was CBS Evening News just because of what they went through and what they did. And they lost uh, a lot of viewers never to get most of them back, I think. On my list is Nancy Grace and uh, Rita Crosby. Oh, okay, okay. You you don't like her voice. <laughs> uh, it's, it's horrible. Yes, yes. It's terrible. <laughs> I watched Nancy Grace on Court TV for a couple of years before she made the jump, and she was okay for court and murder trials, but beyond that, she could really get uh, irritating. <laughs> That's a good way to say it. How about the worst manufactured story of 2005? Uh, it comes from the worst or the the biggest story of 2005. I think the biggest manufactured news story of the year was the potential death count in New Orleans as a result of Hurricane Katrina. Uh, I remember there being uh, stories of okay, there's going to be thousands, plural, of deaths in New Orleans as a result of this. It'll make 9-11 pale in comparison. I remember all of those stories, and everybody was, uh, well, the reporters were worried about, geez, there's just thousands. When they start counting, it's going to be horrendous and stuff. Uh, and it ended up under 1,000, which is bad, but nowhere near the thousands or tens of thousands that uh, the media had predicted was on the way. Um, and it was turned out to be a <clears throat> excuse me a non-story, but the hype was manufactured, and that to me was just overboard, and and it was one of the biggest hypes around that that uh, it drove me crazy when I saw that. In a year of bad movies, what was the best movie that you saw at a theater or a best? rental that you had in 2005 uh, yeah i've got i've got three listed but at the top of my list the best one is million dollar baby um that was a very slow uh methodical movie that i think deserved uh the best picture nod uh, that was deserving so i thought that was the best one number two and number three uh number two is uh 
a movie called 1114, kind of an indie one that not many people saw it, I'm sure. Uh, and then three is Sideways. I thought that was a great movie. Who are your person or persons of the year? Uh, my person of the year would be President Bush. And I'm just going to name one of them. And I think the reason is because of uh, the war in Iraq. He stood by his guns. He continues to stand by his convictions. And uh, he, he moves ahead despite uh, the criticisms that uh, he is getting in the press and and despite some of the problems, yeah, and he owns up to the flawed intelligence in the past or something like that. And I also put him up top because of his Supreme Court picks and what he's doing with the Supreme Court. He's standing be, uh, behind his his nominees, and uh, although he did pull out on Harriet Myers, um, I, I think... He came back with a nominee with an Alito that is stronger than what Myers was, certainly. Who's the hosebag of the year? Uh, Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah, and that guy is, is, I know he wasn't convicted and he got off, but he was, he is just, in my opinion, a freak pedophile. And if if you, as a parent, let your kid stay over at Neverland Ranch, uh, hey, that's, that's your problem. But I think uh, Michael Jackson is the hosebag of the year, and I hope he sort of takes, takes his own advice and moves out of the country. I think we'd all be better off. Although, although I would have... One last person to make fun of on my blog. <laughs> What's the worst celebrity screw-up of 2005? Uh, Jessica Simpson appearing in the Dukes of Hazard, <laughs> But that's just uh, uh, nothing that comes top of mind, but that movie was so pathetically bad, I guess that that falls into the question a couple of a couple of questions ago about uh, best movies that's probably one of the worst movies and and i rented it on dvd the other day only to see just to see her video again and i guess the rest of it can throw it away but i think i think uh jessica simpson uh, appearing in that movie was a bad screw up and and nothing that you can't recover from but you know, it'll take her a while. How about yours? I want to ask you. I would say Russell Crowe throwing the phone at the guy at the hotel. Yeah, yeah. If he would have counted to ten, he probably would have saved him some good settlement money and not had to apologize and go on TV and, and everything else. Sure, but didn't that play in the Russell Crowe bad boy theme? <laughs> It's his persona, I guess, as a bad boy and you know, Russell Crowe, I don't know. But that that's a good one. That's a good one. How about a small story that needed more attention? I think all the advances and uh, the changes, uh, the schools starting in Iraq, 
compared to what they were under Saddam Hussein. I think those uh, are the stories that you don't hear of because the media likes to have body counts and and conflict and and war and car bombs and stuff like that. I think the advances of of kids either eating on a regular basis or going to school just under the after the U.S. led invasion um, compared to what they underwent under Saddam Hussein, I think those stories do not get enough play as what they should. And finally, what's society's stupidest trend in 2005? Blaming the bad weather on global warming and the end times. I've had a lot of uh, people, yeah, yeah, Jehovah's Witnesses, come to my door and say, do you think that the bad weather we've had this summer, meaning Katrina and Rita and, and so on, is a result of the end times and, or how we as a society uh, are contributing to global warming? And, and I think that is a fallacy because the same scientists who are saying that Global warming, warming is a threat to our livelihood. Are the ones that said, uh, and the ice age is coming back in the 70s. So I think that is uh, a stupid trend. And cell phone etiquette, or lack thereof, is another trend that's really bad for 2005. That was mine, uh, what I would call answering the cell phone and talking on it no matter where you're at or what you're doing, including driving down the the road in the middle of an intersection, helping customers, and talking to your kid while you're checking somebody out. That's right, because that person on the phone is inherently more important than anything else that you're doing right now. And it's going to get people killed in traffic. Well, exactly. <laughs> That's what horns are for. And I use it for uh, quite frequently when people cut me off or just stuff like that, and they're on a cell phone. I just let them have it. Time to play Ask Bill 3. Vern, you know the drill. I'm going to turn the microphone over to you, and you get to ask me three questions about anything. So fire away. Okay, let's talk about what we're doing right now. What is in store for podcasting in 06? I think what's in store for podcasting in 2006 is more the same, but at an accelerated rate that will boggle the mind. I think that 2005 saw a lot more podcasts, a lot more podcasters, and that is just going to accelerate through 2006. I don't think we're going to get through the sifting yet until about 2007, but it's going to be just more of the same at just an increased rate. The, the one thing that will be different, though, is that for the new podcasters who are coming in, is that they'll find this bottleneck when it comes to being on directories and, and trying to get their show noticed from, from the rest. At, at least when I started, you know, there were just really less than maybe 2,000 that, that I could find 
at the time. Now there's like 150,000. And so for anybody that's that's starting new, just kind of the average Joe starting their own podcast, uh, they're going to have to wait to get on iTunes and wait to get on directories for months, where for me it was like the next day. Okay. And also I think that we'll see a lot more of the the mainstream media get into the podcasting, and that's how a lot of people will perceive what podcasting is. Mm-hmm. Is podcasting now where blogging was in 2000, for example? Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I think that we're probably where blogging was in, in 2000. Yeah. Uh, with that, my next question is, what do the networks need to do? to lure back their viewers. They can't. Okay. There there is nothing that they can do to lure back viewers. For example, let's let's take Iowa, which is central time. Mm-hmm. Evening news comes on at 5:30. First of all, I don't know anybody that really leaves work at 5 o'clock. Uh-huh. Most people are are leaving a few minutes after. Some some people work till 6 o'clock. Yeah. And if they're leaving work, they're usually not going right home. They're picking up their kids or they're doing something else. Sure. By the sure. time they get home, they're not sitting in front of the TV at 5.30 watching television like we used to do way back when we had the Beaver Cleaver type of family uh-huh. system. So the only thing that I could think of is that I could do two things. Number one would be as they're competing up against the cable networks, would be to move the evening news to 7 o'clock. But I don't think that is going to happen. The other thing that I think that they could do is that they could split it up. In other words, right now in most markets, local news comes on from 5 to 5.30, national is on from 5.30 to 6. Mm -hmm. They could do at 5 o'clock, 15 minutes, between of national news, which is you know the top headline stuff, from five to five fifteen, then go into your local news for a half hour from five fifteen to five forty five, and then once again for those people that are just getting home, or whatever, they would be able to kind of get almost a headline recap or run some of their fluff stories that they usually do in the second half in the newscast anyways. Uh-huh. But that's the only way that I could ever see it coming back. But in my, my honest opinion is that I don't know of anybody that gets off of work at 5 o'clock to go home and watch television, including the 5.30 newscast. Yeah. Okay, a lot, a lot of people, well, even um, CBS News is banking on the fact that, hey, if we get Katie Court Corrick in as our anchor, that'll be the savior of the evening newscast. To me, I think that'll tank it. Well, the only people that are watching that news at that time is a mature audience. And yeah. and that audience is slowly dying off. Uh-huh. So where are they going to go? Yeah. Uh, where, what they're competing up against is that for a busy person like me that doesn't want to watch television at 530... I can turn on the cable news networks at 7 o'clock, which is more convenient for me, mm-hmm. or I'll be able to watch video on demand when that comes out. Exactly. <laughs> All right, last one. Uh, we can expand on that for hours, I'm sure. But the last question, what was your worst moment of 05? My worst moment of 
2005 was when a, a young woman that I was dating this year was diagnosed with MS. And when she was diagnosed with MS, she also had a, a relapse where she couldn't walk and she left or she lost the feeling in her left side. We ended up going to Iowa City uh, for tests and what was found out it's kind of also the the best news or the best thing that happened to me is too so it's it's kind of the best and worst mm. when she went through the test she found out that her previous diagnosis of ms uh was incorrect was that she didn't have ms although she was being treated for ms with with medications and the like uh -huh. and she was able to go through physical therapy to gain back her uh, ability to walk and also uh, her motor skills in her left side. So going through all that treatment with her and going through all the, I guess, the the unknowns during the time she was in the hospital was, was the toughest part. But the best news was when she uh, was able to get back to her normal life. Oh, okay. You know, I um, you asked the three questions and I don't know why I asked that one because I didn't want to end this on a downer but I'm, I'm sorry about that but it it's interesting that uh, to know that how about you Vern what's your worst moment but then let's wrap it up what's your best moment um, my worst moment uh, I've had uh, two MS attacks this year and um, my best moment would be overcoming both of those. And uh, that and, and I got two new dogs this year. And that always makes me happy because my wife and I are dog lovers. So those would be my moments of 05. Vern, thank you so much for being a guest again on You Are the Guest. And once again, how can people find your blog? Uh, I tell you what, just go to my website, and I've got a link on my website, which is vernbeachy.com, and click on the blog website, and it'll take you to vernbeachy.blogspot.com. Um, it was a pleasure being here again, Bill. Vern, thank you for being our guest, and best of luck to you in 2006. Best of luck to you, too. If you'd like to be a guest on a future show, just go to our website at www.youwertheguest.com. Submit your first name, the town where you live, and a short description on why you'd make a good guest. There is no charge for being a guest, and you'll have the opportunity to share what you think and how the news and events from today affect your life. The show's producers will contact you by email if you're chosen for a future show. Do you really know if your advertising is working for you? Hi, this is John Bischke from LearnOutloud.com, where people go to enrich their lives and become better at things that are really important to them. When you come to LearnOutloud.com, you'll find the largest selection of educational resources that you can listen to at your convenience and on your schedule. One of our titles that I'd like to recommend to you is Bill Grady's audio seminar titled, How You Can Create Advertising That Really Works. It's a very common-sense approach to answering all the questions that many small business owners have when it comes to doing advertising effectively and efficiently. 
And the best part about Bill's audio seminar is that it comes with a money-back guarantee. For more information on Bill Grady's How You Can Create Advertising That Really Works, go to learnoutloud.com forward slash Bill Grady. Learnoutloud.com, changing the way the world learns. That takes care of our 2005 Year in Review show. And to make it complete, here are two of the best Podsafe songs from 2005, courtesy of the Podshow Podsafe Music Network. Up first is Brother Love with the first Podsafe Music Network song we played on You Are the Guest called Summertime, followed by Chance, who was on our 10th show, with his song Say What You Will. From the great city of Fort Dodge, Iowa, I'm Bill Grady. Thanks for listening. When I was young. Say what you will, but now.
Provided from the Podsafe Music Network. Check it out at music.podshow.com.